You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. The session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. Great to be with you once again here in the studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepherd, And Michael, here we are, mid-November. It was about a month ago, maybe a little longer, that I noticed you posted online some photos of you with a bouquet of flowers, freshly picked. Yes. Freshly picked, huh? Yes. Uh, we had one of our first harvests here at uh, Misty Vale Flower Farm. And it was off to the florist with uh, about six buckets of zinnias. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> I never knew if it was pronounced zinnias yes. or zinnias. It's zinnias, huh? Well, here at Misty Vale Flower Farm, we pronounce it zinnias. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the final word on flowers. All right. Well, it's great fun. Yeah, I know. I know right. you and Susan are having a good time uh, growing those flowers in season. Now it's getting a little late now, I guess. But uh, oh, but we we have some uh, overwintering flowers that we're planting now, oh, Wayne. So oh, okay. Yes, I need to be educated yes. on this stuff. So, so do I. My problem is she'll teach me all this stuff and then I forget it. It doesn't, it doesn't go into a place that sticks. Join the club. Yeah. Well, we are uh, in a program today we're calling Thankfulness and the New Reality. Thankfulness yeah. because Ginny Owens is going to be with us and she's going to lead us in a conversation. Yeah, one of my favorite people. The New Reality is a part of our title because we're going to hear your teaching from the Cove, yeah. which includes old orthodoxy and the new reality. So we'll get to right. that in the second half of our conversation here today. But how did you meet Ginny Owens? Can you remind me? I think it must have been uh, a concert uh, situation. I already had, of course, heard of her and heard her music. And uh, we we did some concerts together and uh, was just so, so impressed with her heart. And um, she just, uh, she she actually toured, toured with us for a while on the bus. And uh, we, I think we actually, we flew to some concerts too. And she said, uh, um, I, I was her favorite seeing eye dog. I was the person that led her around, and I would say, "There's a step in thirty feet. It's about six inches tall." She said, "Nobody ever does that." So I'm her favorite seeing eye dog. <laughs> Great story. Well, we're going to yeah. hear from Ginny here in just a few moments, and a reminder that we'll be using our CSB translations of the of the word here today. Mm-hmm. CSBible.com is where you can learn more. CSBible.com. Uh, before we introduce Ginny to everyone, let's uh, ask for you to sing this song, which was recorded in studio for this program some time ago, By Faith. This is a, a wonderful, uplifting song. It f- fits the Thanksgiving theme, too, doesn't it? It, it, it does. Uh, it, it's a reference to uh, all the, the saints in the Old Testament who, by faith, did things. Abraham and, and uh, Noah and uh, people like that who, um, e- even then, there was a new reality that was happening and it wasn't by works necessarily. It was by the fact that they, they believed and they trusted God and they, they were obedient. All right. Well, let's get rolling with this from Michael. By faith. Ready? One, two, three. By faith one was commended for the sacrifice he made. Another out of holy fear built an ark the world to save. Another left his homeland And as a stranger he'd reside But none received 
the promise then, and so in faith they died. Others conquered kingdoms and quenched the fury of the flame. Some made strong in battle, some were raised to life again. But many more were martyred amidst the crowd's loud clamoring. By faith they would not bow the knee or kiss the emperor's ring. Faith understands and offers, it assures and calms our fears. It can shut the mouth of lions and make sense of scars and tears. We persevere in hope and with conscience clean and clear. We walk this fallen wilderness with salvation's pioneer. Sure of what we hope for, seeing what is yet unseen. A universe from nothingness, new life where none had been. The known made from unknowable, and hope for the comfortless, who hear and hold on firmly to the faith that they possess. calms our fears It can shut the mouths of lions And make sense of scars and tears We persevere in hope And with conscience clean and clear We walk this fallen wilderness With salvation's pioneer So fix your eyes upon the champion as you seek to run the race Understanding that he cheers you on as you long for his embrace So hold on and do not grow weary of the faith that you profess Remembering that you are ringed around by this cloud of witnesses Mike, I've always enjoyed the lyric and the energy of that song as well. Mm -hmm. By faith, 
Uh, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. Of course, it's uh, it's a universal theme around the world, but Americans mm-hmm. celebrate Thanksgiving. Canadians have already had Thanksgiving, so in a sense, we're too late for our Canadian friends, aren't we? But yeah, we need we need to talk about this with Jenny Owens, I think. Yeah, and I think one of the most important questions talking about Thanksgiving is: Are you able to give thanks when uh, when you're in dark times, when you're having trouble in your life? I mean, in all mm-hmm. in all circumstances, giving thanks. And right. um, I think Jenny has a song and a book that talk about that. And so let's talk to her, one of my favorite people. All right. You two need no introduction, but Michael Card, Jenny Owens. Hello. Happy thankfulness. Hey, how you doing? Great. We were on the road together for a while. And um, Jenny's things. like one of, one of my favorite people. Uh, and we, uh, we, were, we, we uh, made some good music together, I think. Huh? Absolutely. I am very thankful for all of those times. Yes, we should we should make more. One of my favorite pictures is I've got a picture of Jenny playing a Bosendorfer piano, which is, of course, one of the most expensive pianos in the world. And I'm playing the banjo. So it's banjo and Bosendorfer. <laughs> banjo and bo- Yeah. <laughs> the sublime and the ridiculous, huh? Yeah. Those Bosendorfers are pretty ridiculous. You know, You're right, Wayne. We start Wayne. a band called Banjos and I can't even say it. No, ne- never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Both endorphers. Yes. yes. We know what you meant. <laughs> hey, tell us about the new book, Jenny. Well, it's like Michael said. It is really, um, I think, a question for those of us who even have been believers for a long time or a short time is, what do we do with the darkness? How do we find hope in our most difficult situations? And so uh, the book is called Singing in the Dark, and it's basically just a about my journey as a blind person of, of liter- and as a singer of literally, you know, singing in my physical darkness, but also how Scripture has helped me to find hope in my darkest times. And so each chapter has a uh, Scripture that sort of expounds um, some, well, or that I have found uh, with some t- things that I've been learning about how to have hope and no matter what. And, and I think the underlying question is, you know, does God really speak to us uh, about having hope in our hard times in Scripture? And I, I think the answer is absolutely yes, He does. So that's what I aim to prove in the book. Yeah, I think if, if the followers of Christ have anything to say to the world, it's that uh, God uses uh the, the hard stuff. I mean, he uses um, people who are difficult to work with. He uses difficult times that we find ourselves in. And I think that's part of the good news. I mean, our, the, our, the symbol of our faith is a cross, for goodness sake. So, you know, God uses God uses those sorts of things where, where, where you die to yourself and you learn to trust yeah. him. Hey, not only is the book out now, Singing in the Dark, but also a new single from you. Yes. I, um, I love to sing about... <laughs> what I think about and what I write about. So uh, a new song called uh, Sing in the Darkness and um, actually several songs, just all about what it means to uh, find Jesus' hope no matter what it is that we're walking through. So uh, a series of uh, songs are out now just kind of on that theme and um, just just based on my own experience of of finding that he meets me in those times that would otherwise feel hopeless, as Michael was saying. Um, I, I'm so thankful that we do ha- can we can know that there is purpose in our suffering, that he really will uh, work it for a good that we can't yet see. Well, can you give us one uh, 
example just just from your life something that you know happened to you that that taught you this lesson i mean i know in gen you're we've spoken in generality so far but um yeah can you remember a specific incident that you learned something like this from you know i remember one of the first times i really began to learn this was uh when i was in middle school uh one of everyone's favorite times in life right mm-hmm. um and when when I was in middle school, I remember going through, you know, the the run of the middle bullying, and I think especially having a disability meant that I experienced uh, maybe a little bit more bullying than mm-hmm. uh, was normal. Just for um, just because people found it easy to, you know, uh, steal things from me or hide my lunch or call me names or you know talk mm. as if I wasn't there. And I remember coming home after school one day and, you know, because moms have a sixth sense, my mom asked me, you know, uh, what what happened today? And, of course, being that I was in middle school, I think I grunted or something and wouldn't give her an answer. And Uh she she said, you know, Jenny, you already know that Jesus is your best friend, but there are going to be days when he's your only friend. And you can trust him because he's walked through the worst darkness for you. And, you know, as a middle schooler, you kind of go, that's great, but I really want friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think as time went on, I, I have just, that, that has continued to stay with me, and I have realized this is why we can trust him, or one of the many reasons that we can trust him, because not only is he walking with us in our darkness, but he can say, I have uh, walked through darkness for you. And uh, because of that, you can have hope mm-hmm. even now. What a friend we have in Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, I was just going to ask, um, at, at what point, I mean, th- that entered into your music. Do you think that having those kinds of experiences growing up maybe tender, made your heart tender in a certain way that um, allowed you to write the kind of music you write? I mean, my experience has been that that's what God uses. He uses our fragileness and our brokenness, and then that's where songs come from. Is there a connection there? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I think I have always written out of my own need <laughs> to see mm. more clearly, uh, to to have more of Him. Um, I've kind of, mm. what I have needed to hear and know and understand. Um, and yeah, I think tragedy and trial also just gives you a different view, uh, different perspective on the world. So I think just just learning also to then the needs of others uh, has been, you know, something that, that those early life experiences shaped me to do. And, um, yeah, and to, and to also just to look to God with every question. I feel like that's something that I, um, I, I don't know what I would do without that hope in my life. Yeah. Ginny, we, uh, we'd like to discuss a particular passage of Scripture with you as we think about uh, Thanksgiving and being thankful these are familiar words in Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to read from the CSB. They are familiar to us, but uh, let's, let's listen to them perhaps like it's the first time. This is God's word. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Beautiful, huh? Mm-hmm. 
love these words. So Paul writes those at a time when he's uh, he's suffering persecution, right? He's in, isn't this a prison letter to the Philippians? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, particularly meaningful coming from someone who is uh, basically in a hole, yeah. um, dependent upon his outside friends to bring him food. They didn't, as I understand it, in ancient prisons, they didn't feed you. You had, you had to rely on outside people to bring you, even to bring you food. So, um, and, and yet in the midst of that, he's able to rejoice and, um, it's hard to believe it is (laughs) because I'm well, I'm well fed and I live in a, you know, I live in a beautiful house and I complain all the time. (laughs) That's what I think every time I read this too. Um, I, I remember how life changing these words were for me when I first, uh, met them, which was in a season of just great anxiety and great worry and depression it was after my mom had uh, walked through cancer, and I think just the whole experience left me. <laughs> it wasn't the one with the cancer, but maybe it's watching someone suffer with cancer just left me anxious and, and worried and uncertain of where God was. And one of the things I remember being so moved by in this passage is uh, that you have to replace the worry with something. You know, you, you, he doesn't just say, don't worry. And then, you know, just God's going to take care of you. But he says, this is what you do instead. You know, this is how Mm -hmm. you fill up that place. You go and you thank him and you you go with prayer. And I I just love that. And and I also love, of course, the gratitude piece. I think one of the things this passage uh, motivated me initially to practice, and, and I still love to do this, is to actually write down the things I'm thankful for every day. Uh, Because then when I'm having the most difficult days, I can kind of trace, you know, God's work, trace His hands as it's worked in my life. So I really really love so much this passage. And as you said, just how we see um, Paul's hopeful, you know, not sort of falsely hopeful, but deeply hopeful and joyful perspectives uh, from a prison Mm -hmm. cell. Mm -hmm. Well, and and he concludes this this little block in verse 7, by uh, by, I think you can call it a promise, promising that God will guard our hearts. Have you found your heart guarded after you've uh, gone through these experiences? Yes, yes. <laughs> and don't you love that too? That it's kind of like, don't worry, go to God with prayer and thank Him, and tell Him everything that you need, and then peace will come. It's like, yeah, I I, I love that. It's like. Uh, and you don't have to hope that maybe peace will come, but but we know that even when we don't feel it, that we are surrounded by God's peace, and that that, that mm. peace does guard our minds. And I, yes, I love that. Um, mm. And I know that the more I, I sort of, I mean, you know, and it's what the Psalms teaches us to do, too. Like The more you cry out to God, the more you lay before Him your sorrows and your joys, the more that you can sense that peace. Hmm. Yeah, and I love that vertical, but there's also the horizontal here. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. Hmm. Yeah, the Lord, the Lord is near. Uh, it's like it's like you can be gentle. Uh, some translations say, uh, or or gracious because the Lord is near to you. But you also, in your grace, in your gentleness, show others that the Lord is near. And yes, isn't that hmm. so great? 
And Mike, as you opened this conversation, when we opened to Philippians, by noting, I mean, here he is in jail, in prison, yeah, writing these words, and we're so comfortable, and we don't live up to this. But Jenny, I love I love talking scripture with you. We did that a lot when we're on the road together. Uh, uh, but I I want to know sort of where 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 are you now? I mean, what I, I know we we know about the book and the new song, but are are you touring as much now? Uh, what's up with you? I am still touring more than COVID now, and um, I just graduated from seminary. And you know, I really credit slash blame you largely <laughs> for uh, the inspiration uh-huh. to go and do that wonderful thing, but. Um, I am now taking some post-seminary classes in um, pastoral counseling and preaching. Wow. Crazy. Um, yeah, I don't want to be a preacher, but I do want to teach, you know, uh, better. So uh, become a better teacher. So that is a blast. And so I'm doing that. I'm also on the road still. And then I also serve at my church here in New York City as um, doing worship. So uh, there's never a dull moment, really. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. So you're not a slacker. You're not a slacker. <laughs> Try not to be. Try not to be. Yes. We can uh, catch up with Ginny, of course, through her website, GinnyOwens.com, and we'll put that in our program notes for this program as well. Uh, I know you're touring again because I, my, my friend Mark Hamby gave me a great report of you being at Lamplighter Ministries, and they just oh, they were just singing your praises there. That, that was a wonderful time. Oh, I love those guys. They are a blast. Yes, and it's such a sweet ministry mm. that they have. So always, always a special time when I get to be with them. Well, you know, in the time we have left, could you just uh, let us know how can we pray for you? Yes, I think um, diligence in all of the tasks that I am working on. So whether that's preparing to teach or. Uh, working on my studies or being on the road or leading worship, you know, it all requires wisdom and and a, a lot of work. So I would just love uh, yeah. for for the Lord to uh, give me both of those uh, wisdom and, and the ability to hang in and, and keep working. Yeah, you got it from us, our prayers. And again, to keep up with uh, this lady, go to GinnyOwens.com. Well, Jenny, we're going to hear a song from Michael now called Come As You Are. Do you remember the song? Do you have any, any comment about uh, uh, listeners tuning into this song now? I I am excited. I love this song. This was one of my favorites to write with Michael. Um, and I just, I just remember part of the melody wandering around in my head for a long time and sharing it with him. And then, of course, he ran with it and did his Michael thing. And, and here you go. But I, I love what it says. I love... Um, the truth and the hope of how we can come to God. Yeah. Yes. Come, come as you are, broken and scarred. Come leave your wilderness and come taste and see. Come and believe and bring your emptiness. Surrender your fear. It is safe. There is comfort here and peace from the storm. If you're torn, there is wholeness here. For the Lord is good and His mercy never-ending. Oh, the Lord is good and His love is everlasting. 
Come and see, come and be free, and let your heart proclaim in all He has done, He has shown mercy and kindness. Come and be glad, there is joy you have never had, and the love that will stay, that no one can ever take away for the Lord is good and his love is everlasting oh the Lord is good and his mercy never ending oh the Lord is good and his love is everlasting Oh, the Lord is good, and His mercy never-ending, won't you come? We hope you'll stop by the Michael Card Music Facebook page and interact with other listeners about what you are learning. Or reach us directly when you send your comments, song requests, or questions via email. Write to in the studio at michaelcard.com. Again, in the studio at michaelcard.com. There's much more teaching and insights like what you've heard when you check out Michael's books and music. Explore all that is waiting for you at michaelcard.com. Coming up, we'll hear Michael's teaching on the life of Jesus after this message here in the studio with Michael Card. The Christian Standard Bible, scholarly, accurate, readable, current. That's why we're excited to partner with CSB. I'm glad we're partnering with the CSB. I got to see firsthand the way godly scholars work together on this Bible translation. Now I get to use the CSB in my study and teaching. Visit csbible.com and explore the variety of options available to get this fresh translation into your hands. And when you order, receive your 40% discount on your CSB purchase at Lifeway when you use the promotion code CARD40. Just type CARD40 with no spaces for your 40% discount. The Christian Standard Bible, a great translation, a great selection, and a great discount. So many study Bibles and editions designed to make God's Word accessible in our busy lives. Choose a copy that fits your needs online at csbible.com. I hope you'll find one that will help you get serious about reading God's Word. Well, Michael, let's continue our Walk with Jesus series, the teaching recorded at The Cove in the summer of 2021. Where are we headed today? Well, we're going to talk about the the difference between the old orthodoxy and the new reality. Uh, You see this contrasted in Jesus' teaching all the time. The Pharisees will come up with the old orthodoxy with, Uh with works righteousness and that sort of thing. And Jesus always has this new reality of grace and and uh, and and loving people well, and uh, that's the new reality that Jesus is is brought into the world. You're going to take us to Luke chapters five and six and Matthew chapter five. So let's let's listen now from the Walk with Jesus series. We'll begin and end with Michael's song, "I Will Be Kind." So this is your part. I'll forgive as I've been. 
forgiven I will love my the grace you gave to me. That's your part. Ready? I'll forgive as I've been forgiven. I'll forgive as I've been forgiven. I've been forgiven. I will love my enemies. I will love my enemies. I'll be gracious to the ungrateful. That's the grace you gave to me. That's the grace you gave to me. Let me give you the list, and then we'll look at the text. Okay? But Luke is the most literary of all the Gospels, and I think there's a literary form that begins this list, and I'll show all this to you. But th these are the things that Jesus does that he shouldn't do in this list in chapters 5 and 6, okay? Am I being clear? Okay. First of all, he chooses a tax collector. He shouldn't have done that. Then he chooses sinners. He shouldn't have done that. He doesn't fast and pray the way he's supposed to. He shouldn't do that. Um, and in the middle of this, Jesus gives a little uh, talk about the incompatibility of the old and the new, the old orthodoxy and the new reality. You know, the old wineskins and the new wine. That's the image he used. Jesus thinks in metaphors, so that's the metaphor he uses. Then he goes on and does these radically reversed blessing, blessings and woes. Uh, people that we think should be blessed get a woe. And people who are usually cursed get blessed. It's all upside down. Shouldn't have done that. He issues the, uh, what I'll call the impossible command. And then the, the climax of the list uh, comes the, the, uh, with a statement. Uh, I call it the defining characteristic of God that explains why everything's upside down. Everything's upside down because God is the way he is. And this is all, uh, hope this will be, become clear when we look at this. So let's go to Luke 5. And we start in verse 26. And again, this sounds like a literary formula to me. This sounds like a way to preface a collection of stories. And if it doesn't ring that way to your ears, then we'll still be friends. Okay. Verse 6. Everyone was amazed. Luke is the gospel of amazement. He uses that word far more than anybody else. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Now that word for remarkable is one of those words that is really hard to translate. It's the word paradox. Paradoxa. Para, beside, dox, doxology, glory. So I, hyper-literal translation, we've seen things that are contrary to the glory of God. We've seen, I don't think remarkable is, is, uh, gets it strong. A CSB uh, translates incredible. 
King James translates strange. See, this is a hard word to translate. Uh, ESV says extraordinary, and RSV says strange. But uh, my card version is we've seen things that are contrary to the glory. Paradoxa. Uh, and here comes this list. Here's the first one. Here's the, the, the choice of, of Matthew. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting in his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said. It's a command, not an invitation. Matthew doesn't say, well, let me, I'm going to go back, talk to my wife, see if it's a good idea, I'll get back to you. Right? That's not what the call of Jesus is. It's a command. So what does Matthew do? He stands up and he walks away. That's the absolute lordship of Jesus. Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to the disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? This is unorthodox, this is paradoxical, this is contrary to the glory. This makes no sense that you're doing this. And by the way, a quick sidebar, and I'm, this is just an idea. You tell me what you think, as long as you agree with me. If you don't agree with me, don't <laughs> keep it to yourself. There's this whole discussion that goes on between the Pharisees and Jesus' disciples. And I know the Pharisees aren't in the building. So I, my idea is, I think maybe most of Jesus' disciples aren't in there eating with him. I think maybe they're standing at the door too, and the Pharisees are standing there and have the, they're having this discussion. I'm just trying to get the physical position of where everybody is. I don't think the disciples are yucking it up with Jesus at the table with all the sinners. I think the disciples are standing outside going, what have I gotten myself into? And the Pharisees are going, what is, what is this, right? I won't be dogmatic about it, but I think that's, the, that's how it happens. Um, why do you eat and drink um, uh, with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Luke, the doctor, you know. Uh, I've not call, I have not come to call righteous, uh, but sinners. That's the unorthodoxy of Jesus. I haven't come for righteous people. That's the old orthodoxy. The old orthodoxy is for righteous people. I've come to call unrighteous people. That's the new reality. Aren't you glad that that's the new reality? I'm so glad that's the new reality because the whole, uh, you know, the whole righteousness thing, I, I have not been able to get a handle on that in 50 some odd years of being a Christian. But the, you know, but grace, I, I, I love that more and more every day. They said to him, John's disciples, oh, so here's another unorthodox thing. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. That's unorthodox. That's contrary to the glory. Jesus answered, can you make the guests of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Uh, in those days, they will fast. So I think in Jesus' mind, why do you fast? You fast so you can become sensitive to the presence of God, right? Jesus says, when I'm here, fasting is irrelevant. I'm here. Now, when I leave... Of course they're going to fast, but right now there's really no point in them fasting. Okay, um, when I'm t uh, it was taken from them in those days, um, they will fast. My note says this is this is feast talk, not fast talk. 
The purpose of fasting is irrelevant in Jesus' presence. And here's the very first parable in Luke. He told them this parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and sews it to an old one. Old orthodoxy, new reality, right? You don't take an, um, uh, an old patch and sew it onto a new garment. It just doesn't work. If he does, it will have torn the new garment and the patch uh, from the old will not match, from the new will not match the old. Old orthodoxy, new reality. And now he's going he's gonna to say it again another way. Um, there are people who say in Jesus in his parables, they're, they're sort of mysterious and he says them so certain people won't understand. You don't say the same thing two or three different ways when you're trying to be obscure. He wants us to get this, okay? So here's, he's going to say it another way. No one pours new wine, new reality, into old wine skin, old orthodoxy. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and uh, the wine will run out, the wineskins will be ruined. The old orthodoxy cannot contain the new reality. It can't contain it. Uh, no, new wine must be put into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for he says the old is better. I think he's being ironic there. I think that's an ironic saying. Okay, so there's, there's another one. Here's, an, here's another unorthodox um, thing that Jesus does in this in this list of unorthodox things. Do you, are, you getting to, are you feeling this? It's a, it's a bunch of stories of stuff that he's doing that he shouldn't be doing, so here's another one. Uh, one Sabbath, you know, you know, C minor chord, he's going to get in trouble. I won't, uh, he's going to get in trouble. And, and by the way, Sabbath is the only thing they all agreed on. Pharisees, Sadducees, Essenes, Zealots, they all agreed on Sabbath. Okay, that was, their, that was their dearest orthodoxy. Okay? Jesus says he's Lord of the Sabbath. So I, I look at it this okay, what, like, what is your dearest point of orthodoxy? Or, and orthodoxy is not a bad thing. You know, is it the Lord's Supper? Is it, I mean, what is it? What's your dearest point of your Christian orthodoxy? What's your dearest point of orthodoxy? And it's a good thing, not a bad thing. He's Lord over that. His Lordship is absolute. His lordship is over everything, even our orthodoxy. Okay, so I think that's that's a big idea. So on uh, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick uh, some heads of grain, rub them in their hands, and eat the kernels. This is completely permissible in Old Testament law. They're, they're gleaning from the corners of the field. They're rubbing the things. They're not using metal tools. They're not harvesting. Right. So strictly speaking. They're not breaking the biblical law. They are breaking the oral law. Okay. Uh, so they're, they're rubbing them in their hands and they're eating the kernels. And by the way, they're so hungry, they're eating raw grain. Just, you know. Some of the Pharisees ask, why are, your, uh, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And then Jesus goes to 1 Samuel 21. Uh, have you never read... To the people, he says, have you never heard? But to the Pharisees, he says, have you never read? There's a little detail. Uh, what David did when he and his companions were hungry, he entered the house of God, taking the consecrated bread. He, went, he ate what was lawful only for the priesthood. David goes in the temple and takes the bread of the presence and feeds it to his guys. Okay? And we're eating grain from the corner of the, of the, of the wheat field, and you're upset? You know, get a clue. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. 
And there's a new, really complicated interpretation of that, and I'm not going to share it. (laughs) Uh, On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching, uh, and a man was there whose right hand, notice the detail, that's Luke, it's his right hand, was shriveled, nerve damage. Somehow there's nerve damage and it's, you know, doing this. Uh, The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. Now this is a new, in Luke, this is only chapter 6, this is a new shift. Now they're watching for him to do something, okay? Uh, So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. It's all about the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up, stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath? See, he's speaking their language. To do good or to do evil? To save life or destroy it? Now that he is quoting to them from their book, because in, in, in the later rabbinic Judaism, and we think it was still, it was, it was uh, in Jesus' day, they believed this and taught this. The Pharisees taught if there's ever a conflict and you, don't, you can't decide about the Sabbath, there's one rule, okay? This is the ultimate rule. You must choose the way that preserves life. That's the rule, okay? So, and here's the example that the missionary uses. If your donkey falls in a hole on the Sabbath, if there, there's no water in the bottom of that hole, you can pull him out because he may die down there. You got to pick the way that chooses, chooses life or preserves life. But if there's water so he can have something to drink, you leave him down there on the Sabbath because he's not going to die. Okay? That's, that's just how they think, okay? Uh, and so what did Jesus just say? It, what's lawful? To save life or preserve it? Well, they've got to say to save life, right? He's got them. Um, to save life or to destroy it. He looked around at all of them and said to the man, no pronouncement, only the command, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. It makes them absolutely furious because he's got them, right? He's got them. Um, So stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. But they were furious, and that's the the Greek word is anoia. It's the word we get annoyed from. But they're not annoyed. They're furious. They were furious and began to discuss with each other what they might do to Jesus. And we know what they're going to do to Jesus. Okay, here's, a, here's where the blessings are reversed. So here's more unorthodoxy, more stuff that he shouldn't be doing. One of those days, Jesus went out into the hills to pray and spent the night praying to God. Apparently, this is his prayer life. He frequently prays all night long. Um, when morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose the 12 whom he designated apostles, sent ones, apostolos. Simon, who he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, um, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who, beta- who became a traitor. So there's the 12. He went down with them and stood on a level place. So this is the Sermon on the Plain. A large crowd of his disciples were there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him to be healed of their diseases. So the ministry has already taken off. It's already spiked. 
those troubled with evil spirits were cured and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Looking at his disciples, now that's a very important detail. In the midst of all this mob, he looks at the disciples and he said, blessed are you who are poor. Well, that makes no sense in Judaism. In Judaism, if you're poor, why are you poor? It's because you've done something wrong and God has kind of cursed you. So this is upside down. So in Jesus' world, in the kingdom, everything's upside down. So the poor are blessed, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. That's the new reality. Blessed are you who are hungry now. We just saw them eating raw grain. So they know about being hungry. So blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who, are weep, who weep now. You don't think of people who, who weep as being blessed, but Jesus says, no, you're blessed for you will laugh. It's going to be turned around. Blessed are you when men hate you because you're a follower of Jesus. When they exclude you, they throw you out of the synagogue. This is all stuff that's happening to them. And insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice. Rejoice in the day that you're hungry and weeping and people hate you and exclude you. See, rejoice on that day. And leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. Uh, for that is how their fathers treated the prophets. Now here, here's the other side. And he directs these at the Pharisees. Woe to you who are rich, for you, you've already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed, because you're going to be hungry, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you weep and mourn. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that's how their fathers treated the false prophets. So there's the upside-down unorthodoxy of uh, the kingdom. Okay, now this is, uh, we're, we're coming to the end. This is what I call the impossible command. He's, he, uh, in terms of unorthodoxy, this is the impossible command. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. I'm good with that. Are you good with that? No. Uh, Leviticus 19.18 says to love your neighbor, but there's nothing in there about loving your enemy. But what, what if your neighbor is your enemy? What are you going to do about that? But I tell you who hear me, love your enemy. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, don't stop him from taking your tunic. So that's the two garments that you wear. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expect them to be repaid full. Here's the, the reason. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. Because, here it comes, he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. So why should I love my enemies? Because God loves his enemies. Who's that? Me. You. Why should I give expecting nothing in return, because that's how God gives. 
God is kind. I think this is the most radical thing he said. God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Aren't you glad? That's who he is. And that's why everything is so upside down. It's not like the Pharisees think that God is this angry person that's up on the throne. If you do good, he'll give you a reward. If you do bad, he'll whack you. No. If you're his enemy, he'll bless you and he'll love you. And he'll be kind to you. That's amazing to me. That's amazing. And he will give his only son for you. I can't explain the mystery Before I called, you answered me And showed so great a love that set me free Though least deserved, you gave the most In dark despair, you granted hope I tried to run, but still you held me close I'll forgive as I've been forgiven I'll forgive as I've been forgiven I will love To speak the word, to tell me true In light of all you've done, what should I do? Then only is my life complete To speak your word that washes feet Through kindness win the victory by defeat I'll forgive I'll forgive as I've been forgiven I will love my enemies I'll be gracious I'll be gracious the grace that's the grace you gave to me every debt to me I will cancel all my treasures I leave Be kind.
A great song from Michael to wrap up this session in the studio. If this hour has been used by the Lord to encourage a renewed desire to live out your faith, we hope you'll let us know. There's several ways to do this. Post a review of this podcast, pass along the link to a friend, or email your reactions when you write in the studio at michaelcard.com. We look forward to reading your email in the studio at michaelcard.com. And stay current with Michael's ministry and interact with other listeners when you check out the Michael Card Music Facebook page. We're excited about the partnership with our sponsors of the Christian Standard Bible. Visit csbible.com. The Bible is the foundation of all we do in this podcast, and we're happy to point you to the many ways you can read and study with this fresh translation in your hands. Explore all that's available for you and use the 40% discount on CSB purchases at Lifeway. Use the promotion code CARD40. Just type CARD40 with no spaces for your 40% discount. Choose a copy that fits your needs online at csbible.com. Now for Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for sitting in on this session in the studio with Michael Carr. And just before we go, enjoy this week's bonus track from Michael. There's a wealth of things that I professed, I said that I believed. But deep inside I never changed, I guess I'd been deceived. Then a voice inside kept telling me that I'd change by and by. But the Spirit made it clear to me, that kind of lie's a lie. I have decided I'm gonna live like a believer. Turn my back on the deceiver Gonna live what I believe I have decided That being good is just a fable I just can't cause I'm not able Gonna leave it to the Lord So forget the game of being good And your self-righteous pain Cause the only good inside your heart the good that Jesus brings And when the world begins to see you change Don't expect them to applaud Just keep your eyes on Him and tell yourself I've begun the work of God I have decided I'm gonna live like a believer Turn my back on the deceiver Gonna live what I believe I have decided Being good is just a fable I just can't cause I'm not able I'm gonna leave it to the Lord I have decided I'm gonna live like a believer turn my back on the deceiver gonna live what I believe I have decided that being good is just a fable I just can't cause I'm not able 